All right. It's the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. It's week five. Or is it week six, Bear Tycoon? I don't know which one it is. Yeah, depends if you count week zero or not, Nate. But we are well into the season and things are starting to shape up. Things are, things are starting to shape up and we have a fun one for you tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday, September. No, it's October. It is October. October 6th. And we're just going to get right into it because we have a lot to go through. We had a game of the week. We had an ass kicking in Bozeman. We had some surprises around the big sky. Do you want to just jump in right away with the Montana State game? Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'd rather talk about this game than the other game. So let's go. Let's go Cats. Let's go Cats first. It was Northern Colorado unranked, not surprisingly, against the then number 11 Montana State Bobcats in Bozeman. The Fighting McCaffreys, and we mean that kind of literally now, came to Bozeman with high hopes of a major Big Sky upset and left battered, bruised, and reprimanded after getting their asses whipped 40-7 to by the then number 11 MSU Bobcats. Now I know that MSU hasn't had to haven't hasn't had to run through the most talented of teams to get to their current four and one mark, but it seemed like all dozen of the Northern Colorado faithful. We we do think they have fans, right? Got got a couple, yeah. Got to have a couple, a couple dozen. They were feel they might have been feeling themselves a little bit too much after only knocking off lowly Houston Baptist in the roller coaster that is is NAU and even the esteemed Greeley Tribune said that the Bears had the talent and pieces to pull off an upset. And just needed the offense, <laughs> defense, and special teams to put it together in the same game to make it happen. Well, guess what? Shocker of the day, it didn't happen. UNC did not pull off the upset. Not close. The final mate. score. The final score is forty to seven. I guess all three phases didn't come together at the same time for the Bears. MSU opened up a seventeen point first quarter lead on the shoulders of Star. And I mean star wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, who caught a 16-yard touchdown pass from Matt McKay or Matthew McKay and ran 10 yards for another. It felt as though the Cats did take their foot off the pedal a bit in the second quarter, but Isaiah Fonse's 17-yard run with 14 seconds left in the first half sent the Cats to their new locker rooms, which officially opened this weekend, uh, with a 27-7 lead. Just in time. Just in time. Uh, and then all of the scoring in the second half came in the third quarter with two Blake Glessner field goals and a 44-yard touchdown reception by Ad- Andrew Patterson, who looked like he was shot out of a cannon when he went up the middle <laughs> after a sweet Matthew McKay pass. By the end of the third, it was already over for the Bears. It was 40-7. to Montana State put in the second team and just, just got out of Bozeman with another win against the lowly UNC Bears. Michigan transfer Dylan McCaffrey, not reprimanded by his dad. Uh, threw for 99 yards and three, three interceptions. This is a guy that was recruited to be a Big Ten quarterback, and he threw three interceptions to the Montana State Bobcats. How long does Daddy's boy keep his starting job, Bear Tycoon? Well, we've seen what they look like without him, um, and it is not much better, and in fact, it's considerably worse. So I think Dylan's got the starting job for as long as he has eligibility. Or as long but as his dad people are coach. asking... People are asking, Nate, is Dylan McCaffrey uh, Mason Petrino 2.0? People are asking. I haven't heard it, but I know several. people are asking. Yeah, several, no, people, several people. Of which there are yeah. people of which there were many are asking that. Yes. Matthew, speaking of quarterbacks, this time a good one. Matthew McKay had another strong showing, throwing for 276 yards, two touchdowns, another game with zero turnovers. 
That's fantastic. That's what you need out of a quarterback. MSU had yep. two 100-yard rushers with Isaiah Fonse running for 114 yards and the shifty Elijah Elliott running for another 107. So 200-yard rushers, you're going to have a, probably a pretty good day as a team. It was, uh, you know, this, the framework for this season is that there are five, maybe six really good teams in the big sky. Everyone else is not like kind of good, kind of bad. The other teams stink. Montana State need, like, they should demolish this team. They did demolish this team. It was kind of boring to watch, frankly, because it was such an ass-kicking. Um, but that's that's a good problem to have as a, as a fan of the Bobcats. I'm sure you were, yeah, you were thrilled. Over the moon, because, you know, we always talk about, I mean, we have talked about Montana State's record so far as, you know, 4-1, and one, great record. Sagar and ratings of the teams they beat, not great, but... They're taking care of business and blowing out teams. Well, maybe save for Portland State, but blowing out teams they should be blowing out, and that's all you can do uh, in these games. So they're showing some some good stuff there. And you know how they say like an actor's face has perfect symmetry, and that's what makes them like yeah. famous or beautiful or pretty, whatever. Um, yep, just MSU's, like us. MSU's yeah, just like us. Yeah, exactly like us. That's why we're doing podcasts. Um, MSU is a sexy team. Because they passed for exactly 276 yards through the air and ran for 276 on the ground. That is symmetry, and that is a symmetry game, and that is hot. I like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand in the way. I will say, um, I did not watch a ton of this game just because it was a little boring. But um, it was. It ended up being, despite the score, despite the playing of the field, one of the more exciting games of the weekend. I don't know if we want to get into this yet, if we got other thoughts, but um, you tell me. Well, You're the this, this, might the be the, this, this might be the reason why all of this stuff that we're just going to talk about happened is Montana State has now held all five of their 2021 opponents to less than 20 points per game, less than 350 yards in the games, and less than 20 first downs in each game. That's a problem for an offensive coordinator. I could see how an offensive coordinator facing this Bobcats defense could get frustrated. Could maybe let things get to him that maybe shouldn't get to him or something you could maybe overlook as just being in the heat of the moment of the game. (laughs) So, so this, we're we're just going to go right into a rare mid big sky recap interview. We're going to play the interview music, and here we go. All right, so we don't know if you've heard. It was the comment heard around the Big Sky Conference coming out of the Montana State-Northern Colorado game last weekend. We have the man of the hour, Max Damaris, here with us. To talk about tiny pants, clipboards, and everything that's gone ha- gone on since last weekend. So, welcome, Max. Thanks for taking the time to to join us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Uh, you were you were in Bozeman for the the Montana State UNC game. You have seats right behind the visiting bench. And yes, uh, we do. Kind of take us take, take it from there on on what happened. All right. So I mean, I've been to every game since I was one week old, every home game, right on the 45 yard line, second row. So, I mean, we're, we're right behind the other team. And it was just like any other game. I mean, Bobcats were kicking some butt, 
you could just tell that as soon as I got there, I don't know. I just looked at that coach and I'm like, wow, his, his pants are kind of tight on him. And just throughout the game, I, you could just tell he kind of, he, he showed a little more emotion than most coaches. And uh, it was pretty funny. It was late in the second quarter when his brother threw the pick. And uh, I mean, they were come running back to the sidelines and, you know, he's coaching up his brother, getting all mad. And that's when he actually broke the clip uh, clipboard over his knee. And uh, I was like, um, this might be my shot to say something funny. And um, I never like, I'm, I'm a good guy. I would never swear, swear, say anything like very inappropriate to a player mm-hmm. or coach, which, but this time was pretty funny. So it got kind of quiet around our section and uh, <laughs> I stood up. So I was, I was like the only one standing up in our section. And I, I yelled, Hey coach, why don't you worry about how small your pants are before you break another clipboard? And I mean, it went silent and he just looked right at me and he was kind of like standing in between two Northern Colorado players. And, uh, he stepped through them and gave a little underhand toss. And he, I mean, he was about 20 feet away from me. So he had to throw it pretty hard. And I'm guessing he was trying to throw it, throw it at me because I'm the guy who pissed him off by saying his pants were too small, but he threw it underhand and it was kind of like a Frisbee throw. So it caught some air and hit the guy a couple rows behind me. And that's when it, it was crazy. I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, wow, he really did that. And it was, it was, it was a crazy event. I mean, I just feel bad for the guy that got hit behind me. Yeah. Cause he's yeah. another man and probably well, wasn't expecting like that to happen. So let, let me ask you this, Max, the, so Ed McCaffrey gave a response today. He kind of talked about this, I think, at a press conference. And uh, according to this news article that we found, he said that, you know, he engaged, met his son, Max, engaged verbally with a fan of the stands. And this fan, presumably you, was willing to take the clipboard from him. So then Max, in quotes, lightly underhand lobbed the clipboard to you. And then more quotes. And for whatever reason, you put your hands down and it sailed over you like a Frisbee and hit another fan in the head. Is that an accurate representation of what's going on? <laughs> That's the funny thing. Cause that is nothing <laughs> like what happened. And to be honest, until I heard that statement, I wasn't even going to say anything. Yeah. Like I was just going to downplay it, but it just kind of made me mad that they're trying to cover, cover it up for him when he was, that wasn't his intention. Cause I mean, why would I want a broken clipboard? Yeah. That's not a souvenir. You didn't, souvenir. Want a, you, didn't, you didn't want a Northern Colorado clipboard as a souvenir? It amazed me that as soon as I read it, I'm like, what is going on? And we should we should mention every this week. So Max is in front of a, a nice big Montana State flag. We know he's obviously a fan. He just talked about being a, um, you know, a fan since day one. Um, so it is hard for us to believe that you were really excited about getting a University of Northern Colorado branded <laughs> clipboard <laughs> yeah, after going to the game on Saturday. I actually have the clipboard too, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> so it did actually become a souvenir. Yeah, I did. In the end, it, it became away, a souvenir. Picked it out of the garbage and have it. Oh, so, good for you, man. It's funny because uh, it's like, on the clipboard it's that's amazing it says like so coach of the year clinic <laughs> on it which is kind of ironic yeah he was not paying attention during that clinic that's amazing mm-hmm. what uh on a scale of one to ten how much fury would you say were in max mccaffrey's eyes when he when he chucked this 
this clipboard into the into the stands. Oh, he was pretty pissed. <laughs> he was he looked me right right in the <laughs> eye. It's kind of it's kind of funny. I mean he he looked me right in the eye and I was like, oh boy, he's not happy. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> okay, so the next the next question on a scale of one to ten, how tiny were his pants? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're really tied around like his waist. I mean, the bottom wasn't as bad, but I'd say nine. I mean, it was pretty, they're pretty tight. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, so were they tiny. almost like leggings then in a way? They were leggings. I mean, there were sweats, but I mean, they were just tight on the man. I, I don't know how he was breathing. They were just tight on the man. If anyone's got it. a picture of his pants, please send it <laughs> to Montana Men's Sports. We'll happily post it up. We do have a picture. Oh, oh we can't. We need to. Yeah. We need to see that. We need to see those nine out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> flip I it over I to can... Nate. Flip it over to Nate if you don't mind. We'll love yeah, to. I'll, I'll we'll love to, to post that. Okay, My mom. She's got it on her phone, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was crazy. So what was, you know, before we started recording, you kind of tell us what was, what's it been like, uh, you know, obviously uh, going back to, uh, you know, school on Monday and then everything kind of coming out Tuesday and, and uh, a little bit today with a ton of news organizations picking it up, you know, cause has it just been crazy uh, since you kind of made your statement and, and Northern Colorado's made theirs. Yeah, it's been super crazy. I mean, I got to school Monday and I obviously told all my football buddies and all my coaches and they thought it was pretty funny. And I actually, uh, Tuesday, I got a call from the Bozeman Police Department. He was just following up on the report. And that's when I was like, oh, this might not be over. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I saw the post about when they came out with their statement saying that he wanted to throw the clipboard as a souvenir. So that kind of made me pretty mad. Was this, um, did this happen before or after Willie Patterson uh, got drilled on that cheap shot on that punt return? Oh, it was after. It was after, okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was after. Okay. Yeah, because number, number zero was getting hammered over on our sideline by all the people around us. But, but number zero did not throw anything in the stands, correct? No, not no, he didn't. <laughs> he kept <laughs> just just the, just the coach who was acting as a mentor and a leader on the team through stuff into the, yeah. or into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so your yeah. names, you've been, story's been picked up all over, Barstool, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, New York Times, and now the Montana Mint. I mean, what what a week for you. Yeah, it's like I said before, I didn't think such a small statement could get so much publicity, but apparently people think it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, it is. It is. I mean, and he probably didn't think such small pants were going to blow up into this either. So it kind of goes both ways there probably. Yeah, there's been some pretty good memes saying, like, showing pictures of what Christian, or what Max McCaffrey's going to come out next game in, like, big bell-bottom pants. <laughs> awesome. With, with, with uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, being injured for the Panthers right now, um, are you worried at all that he has found out about this um, and is going to be looking for revenge for his brother? I hope not, because, man, <laughs> he is a dude. <laughs> He's on my fantasy team, so okay, okay. I mean, the past couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, I miss him. So I'm, I don't know. The thing is, like, I'm not even really mad at the guy. People make mistakes. Yeah. He made a pretty big one, but we're all human. I mean, it's just, the only thing that makes me mad is just the Northern Colorado trying to cover up for him. I mean, yep. he's yeah. he's honestly probably a really good guy. He's probably a good coach, but yeah, no hate to him at all. 
I mean, as long as he apologizes and fixes his mistakes and doesn't do it again, I'm good. But yeah, cover, up, sure. cover up is always worse than the crime, they say. And if, and mm-hmm, if you sure. know, and maybe, uh, you know, kind of that any press is good press for Northern Colorado, you know, I think uh, had a, <laughs> yeah. a stat a stat about them being well <laughs> under 500 in the big sky. So, you know, they got McCaffrey as their coach and that kind of got them some press. Um, and maybe maybe this will uh, get their name out there for some recruits to maybe yeah. improve that. that squad First time well. they've been on ESPN's homepage in probably 20 years. <laughs> I know, yeah. So they can thank me for that. <laughs> they can thank awesome. <laughs> They can thank another Max for that one. Well, <laughs> well both hey, Maxes, Max, I should say. We appreciate you being on, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, and good luck the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, thank there you. In Butte. Yeah, good luck the rest of the season, Butte. And, uh, I'm again, just glad you didn't taking that time. hurt anybody or nothing happened. So. Yeah, exactly. And it, we get to kind of laugh about it now and, and uh, get to have a little bit of fun with it now, at least on this end. Yeah. So glad it kind of ended that way. And, yeah. Um, a pretty good story to, to have at Bobcat State. Say something really quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I lost my eye about a year and a half ago due to a brain tumor. So oh, wow. like, I have a really good attitude about it. So I always like to make jokes and stuff. And I thought I, now that I think of it, I thought it would have been super funny if he threw it in the crowd and I pretended like, Oh my eye. <laughs> <laughs> and just to freak the guy out, I don't know, just make him feel bad at the moment. But everybody's yeah. like, Max, you should have said, Oh, you hit my eye and you'd freak out. <laughs> that would have been something. <laughs> yeah. It would have been pretty funny. Oh, man. Wow. Well, that's well, uh, maybe well, next time. You're doing... Yeah, maybe, yeah, next, maybe time. next Hopefully there is no next time. <laughs> we'll see it. We'll see it this weekend. Uh, which Cal Poly coach, you know, uh, has a different wardrobe that you want to talk about. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Cal Poly can do this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully all their coaches come out and pants that fit them so the bag is they're gonna come out in jinkos which might be before <laughs> your time <laughs> but uh well that's that's awesome and we're glad you're doing well and like i said good luck the you know the rest of the season there in butte and we really do appreciate you taking the time to uh to hang out with us tonight and uh crazy story but we we, we really yep. enjoyed talking to you <laughs> yeah well thank you So that's that's uh, we want to thank we want to thank Max for coming on for that interview. What an awesome dude uh, to take time out of his day to come hang out with some some idiots like us uh, to talk about something something crazy that happened in Bozeman last weekend. But thanks to Max uh, for that awesome guy. Good luck the rest of the way, Butte, uh, with that guy on your team. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into the other one, the other game that some Montanans were watching uh, over the weekend. Barry Tycoon. Some Montanans, uh, Nate and I actually watched this game together over Zoom. It was a very nice Saturday night into Sunday morning. Uh, Late kickoff, 10.30 p.m. kickoff for those that live on the East Coast. ESPN2, absolutely electric atmosphere. Number four, Montana. Number six, Eastern Washington. We knew this was going to be a absolute dogfight going into it, and it lived up to the hype. Um, Eagles got on the board First, Eric Barrieri to Andrew Boston. Nice little touchdown. First drive down. It felt very much like the Washington game. First drive down, touchdown. Um, and the Grizz fought back. They tied it up 7-7 on a Xavier Harris run. Second quarter, again, traded scores. Sammy Akem, a nice touchdown from Cam Humphrey. Um, and, and the Eagles, the Eagles kicking game had a decent game. 
Uh, they got on the board, um, made it 14 10 going into halftime, feeling pretty good. Nate was on a roll jinxing this game, congratulating the Grizz on victory at halftime. Um, and I, I do think that most of what eventually happened, you can take credit for. Uh, the Grizz go up 21-10 yes. uh, in the third quarter. Uh, 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 Joey Elwell from Cam Humphrey. But throughout the game, it was the Grizz had 11-point lead, but it really felt like Eastern Washington was in control. couple Grizz turnovers, drives that weren't going anywhere, uh, Barry Arie getting rushed and and uh, uh, you know pressured and hit uh, a lot, throwing them off their game. Um, but it did feel like it was about to turn. It it reminded me this is super topical of last year when the Braves were up three one against the Dodgers in the NLCS. But oh, every God. Braves fan in the world just kind of had this feeling that they weren't going to win that series. Uh, I was I was super nervous. Such a relatable, watching the such game. a relatable experience. Such yeah, a relatable for Braves, experience for our listeners. For all the Braves yeah. fans in Montana, um, Eastern came back, uh, 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 made it, took the lead in the fourth quarter, thirty-one twenty-one. Um, uh, the the Grizz Malik Flowers in one of the most electric plays of the year. Uh, I think on the Grizz fan pod, Brent, either Brent or Mike predicted that Malik Flowers would have a kickoff return for a touchdown. That came to fruition. Um, Grizz, Grizz got down uh, uh, 31-28, had a chance to win it at the end of the game. Eastern gets another field goal. Grizz are driving down the field. Um, uh, uh, and Cam Humphrey, in a, in a, he was rushing for a first down, took an absolute pop. Um, hit at stick. first, that was a Madden hit stick at first looked like to me, just a concussion. Like he kind of got hit high, went down. Um, uh, but as they were taking him off the field and, and from what we've seen since it was also very clearly uh, a leg injury, don't know how long he's going to be out for, but I don't think, uh, uh we're going to see him against Dixie this coming weekend. The Grizz though, you know, Chris Brown came in, had a, had a, had a, 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 a you know, he came in with the truly the last few plays of the game. There's a picture of the last second touchdown attempt. The Grizz player, I forget who it was, but had the ball in his hands. It gets knocked out. But the Grizz had a chance to win this. Uh, a game like this, two powerhouses. Um, someone has to win. Someone has to lose. You hope that you guys come out on top. Your guys come out on top. That's not what happened here. But overall, it's like we knew it was going to be a close game. It was a close game. The Grizz defense, to me, the big takeaway is the Grizz defense. Uh, I thought looked really awesome. The pressure that they put on Barry Arie looked, um, I hadn't seen him scrambling this year like he did in this game. And so I think it's possible to get to him. I think it's possible to to hold him to a uh, a 34 points, um, which is what you're going to need to do if you're going to beat him. But on the other hand, um, you know, looking forward, the takeaway, Cam Humphrey out and unclear kind of where the Grizz offense is going to go. Luckily, we got Dixie this weekend. Um, but yeah, it yeah. was the Eastern still put up some shocking numbers against the Grizz and the fact we, that it was a one score we game. Yeah. And yeah. it was weird. We were watching this obviously, like you said on zoom and I mean, the Grizz were literally blitzing every play. I've never seen a game yeah. plan where they had someone blitzing literally every single play. And, you know, you kind of felt that, you know, Iwu going into halftime with only 10 points, you definitely feel like you just contained one of the, the highest octane offense in the FCS. Yeah. And Barry still had like 200 and some yards at halftime. The sneakiest 200 yards you'll <laughs> yeah. ever see. Um, yeah. 
and it just shows, I mean, that's a talented dude, and he was not phased at any point of the game. Uh, even down 11, you could tell that he wasn't phased. I think that was pretty impressive. He did finish with 422 yards. Uh, yeah. The two touchdowns did have two interceptions, but just an electric player, and he, he really started to use his legs in that third and fourth quarter, which I think was a huge difference in the game that got the Eagles some momentum where – when the I was surprised they didn't do it earlier with any draws with any screens like that with the Grizz bringing that much pressure. I'm definitely not an X's and O's guys, but just from playing Madden, if my friend was blitzing me every single play, I'd probably like run a screen or a draw or something like that. Yes. But uh, yeah, he started using his legs. He's a fast dude, and that I think opened up a lot for the for the Eagles in that second half. And then then Lemu Jones, uh, you know, he was wide receiver, just electric, 231 yards. Uh, hopefully he's okay. It looked like kind of like a high ankle sprain or something like that. He got rolled up on on that really long yeah. pass play that got him down to the one or two yard line. So hopefully Lemu Jones is uh, okay. Some big, obviously some big injuries when you have Humphrey going down and Lemu Jones going down, which you never like to see. But it was it was an electric atmosphere. It was so fun to watch that game, even though like you know obviously personally I didn't have a rooting interest in one or the other besides just always going against the Grizz. But I also don't love rooting for Eastern Washington, uh, right? You know, to get exactly. a conference win when we have to play them. So it was a interesting spot to be in. I did jinx it, so I do you know take some credit, uh, Eastern fans. If you're listening to this, Kyler, you're welcome. Uh, you know, you, you should take a lot of credit. Podcast anytime. Yeah, and I, I, I just, you know, I, at the time I didn't you know think it was going to work, but it, it obviously worked. But uh, you know, I think one thing that I took out of it as a Cat fan is, I mean, you know, we play at Eastern Washington this year. You know, Xavier Harris, 124 yards, you know, is averaging seven yards a carry. Montana State's strength is obviously its run game with a star running back in Afonso and a, a rising star, I think, in Elijah Elliott. That gives me some hope that when we do play them that we're going to be able to move the ball on the ground against the Eagles. Then it's just surviving as Barry a throws dimes everywhere. Um, but if I had to take one thing out of this game that I was happy about as a Cat fan was – that you know the Grizz were able to to run them and they had 187 yards rushing uh, compared to 171 through the air. So you know rushing is obviously the way to attack Eastern is, is what we're seeing here. But really cool atmosphere. Yeah. It was fun to have it on ESPN too. Uh, we we flipped over and we'll talk about it. we flipped over to the UC Davis Idaho game while we were watching and it just wasn't the same. Like not it didn't have the electricity of a ESPN two two top nine teams, uh, yeah. two top six teams I guess playing each other. So it was really fun to watch and. That was just a great game for the conference. And, you know, Eastern, I think, being at home obviously helps there. And, you know, everybody has their, their thoughts on, on that stadium and that turf. But, you know, yeah. that was fun as hell to watch so, that game. Yeah, so I have a couple other observations. You're exactly right. The ESPN2 component of it made a, a huge deal. The, the announcers were a little suspect. Um, one of the funniest parts of the game was when Lemo Jones was on the sideline on crutches with no pads on. And one of the announcers was speculating on if he was going to be able to come back into the game. It's like, I think it was the sideline reporter. I think she goes, yeah. she goes yeah. no official words yet, but it doesn't appear he's going to come back in. It's like, Oh no shit. Yeah. Whoa. So, like a 10 pound ice bag around his ankle. Yeah. Well, good, good reporting. Uh, but also like hats off for them for making the trip up to Cheney. This is probably not what they signed up for when they got their ESPN gig. Um, but the other thing I want to flag is is the field, the facilities there. The atmosphere was awesome, um, undeniable. Like we give we give Eastern Washington a lot of shit. Um, it is their last season in the Big Sky, and we're we're gonna miss them. But it was we always give them shit for for their facilities for their fans. They showed up. A lot of Grizz fans in the crowd it was a packed stadium. The other thing I want to just touch on is 
the red field, okay, there is people hate the field. I get it. Um, I think that things have gone too far overboard, Nate. And I would say that, like, in life, just like some things fall on a spectrum, good and bad. Sometimes something can be really good or just kind of good. And then people take it to an extreme and just like become obsessed with it. And it doesn't deserve it for like Ted Lasso, for example. I really like that show. I thought it was a fine show, but people have taken their fandom of that show way, way over top. I think it's kind of the same thing on the other side with uh, the field in Eastern Washington. It's like, yeah, it's not great. But it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. I noticed it when I turned I on the game. And I really didn't notice it watching the rest of the game. A lot of like initial comments are like, holy shit, this field's red. It's not, it's not that bad. And I, I do find some joy out of it. And so It brings um, you some joy. It brings me it brings me some joy. Like I, I think probably like That's the, cool. the like closest it real world example or other world, you know, other example from our world would be like something like medieval times. Okay. It's like, it's like super the restaurant cheesy. or the era. No, the, the restaurant. Good question. The restaurant. Okay. Um, it's super like cheesy. Weird history lesson. Yeah. Super cheesy. It's, it's not for me, but people like it and they go to it and I'd rather be in the world where it exists and where it doesn't exist. I, that's the same thing how I feel about Eastern Washington's field. It's like, it's also just like funny to think about. Um, so like Boise State was the first colored field uh, school, yeah. I believe. And they like, they're blue, but like you couldn't really tell. Like you knew something was off, but it wasn't like abrasive to, to when you first turned on the TV. It just looked like your TV was somewhat off when you first started seeing Boise State's field. Um, and it predated me having, at least me having an HD television. Um, so Boise State went from like, at like an intensity level from a one to a three. And then the next step was Eastern Washington in their field. And they went from like a three to a 12 out of 10 and just like absolutely blew it off, went red. It's just kind of like charming. I feel like if I gave my, uh, my two nephews who were like, you know, 12 and nine years old, instructions to design a field it would look like eastern washington's field and it's just kind of funny that it's there it's not as bad as people make it yeah. out to be and i need to we it's talk a, talking a lot of shit yeah we talk a lot of shit on eastern but i do want to give them one compliment uh the last time we play them as conference foes you know hats off on a good on a good atmosphere for a game that i think both teams really showed up and represented the big sky well yeah, and I think the red field too, it's like marketing. It's like the easiest marketing of all time too. You have yeah. so many things you can do on shirts, on logos, on like sayings, on on their hype videos. Like it, it I don't I I agree with you 100%. I think you and I had this conversation. There's a lot of hate out there for it. And like you said, I think it's the you you just want to keep going with your hate and you don't then you forget why you hate it in the first place. Like when you're watching that yeah. game, there's no way it hurts your eyes. There's no way that it takes away from the viewing experience. And like you said, it's now it's kind of come become that like cute, cheesy, you know, thing that we know Eastern Washington for. We have, they have yeah. good quarterbacks and they have this weird ass red field and it's not that bad. And, you know, obviously other places followed suit Central Arkansas, Coastal Carolina, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, yeah, they're copycats now. Although the Central Arkansas one, I think is cool because it, it alternates gray and purple, which is kind of tight. <laughs> yes. They, um, they took it up to 91 out of 10. They, they went they went all yeah, out. So, 
So I agree with you. When we're, we're going to say something nice about Eastern after all the shit we give them is I, the field is cool. It's marketing genius. It's what you're known for. It probably makes your players look faster. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. They, yeah, they really but, fly. You know what? Protect the red. That's what it's the easiest thing you could ever come up with uh, to market that place and to you know sell shirts and shit. So hats off yep. to Eastern on a good win on a field that's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Yeah, that was a really fun game to watch, and that is what we were talking about last week when we said there's a lot of games on this week's slate, last week's slate, this slate coming up that don't give us that excitement and we got spoiled with a really we got early season UC Davis Weber and then we got early season Montana Eastern Washington and those games just give you so much adrenaline you get hyped up for Big Sky Conference football and then we have to talk about teams like Idaho State at Northern Arizona. Oof. Oof. All right, should we should we move on? I guess I would say my closing thought on this Nate is that well it's not for me if I went there I'd probably have an awesome time at a game. If you and I met up at medieval times, we'd probably have a great time. It's just like let let them have it. Like just let them enjoy it. It's not it's not hurting anybody. It's not that bad. But let's move on to these other shitty games and get through them as quickly as humanly possible. Yeah. So like I just said, uh, kind of segueing into it. Idaho State at Northern Arizona. Idaho State. Woof. You just said woof. I had a woof written down in my notes when I was looking at this game. <laughs> we were both thinking woof like this. Okay, so NAU just lost to Northern Colorado the previous week. Montana State obviously just, you know, shithoused. And we're becoming the joke of the big sky. NAU was. You mm-hmm. know? They were kind of looking like a bottom dweller. When you let Northern Colorado beat you, you're going to have jokes made about you. Idaho State had kept it close with Sta- Sac State the week before. I thought this was an... I put this in the messages, too, on Twitter. I thought this was an easy Bengals win. And they were getting points. I was like, money line the shit out of this game. The Bengals are winning this game. NAU sucks. Idaho State kept it close against Sac State. My stupid brain is like, that's an easy win for Idaho State. Once again, I was wrong. Bear Tycoon's favorite quarterback in the Big Sky that he won't admit to mm-hmm. being his favorite quarterback in the Big Sky. Hunter Hayes completed less than half his passes and threw three interceptions for the Ugh. winless ISU squad. You're not going to win, like we talked about already, you're not going to win a lot of games when you throw three interceptions. His better-dressed Lumberjack counterpart, R.J. Martinez, had four touchdowns on the day to go along with 369 yards through the air. Nice. And relegated Idaho State back to the basement of the Big Sky, where they belong. If NAU wouldn't have lost to UNC, we'd probably be moving them into the frisky category, if you think about it. They lost to Sam Houston State, number one team in the country, I think, still. South Dakota, fringe, top 25 team, beat Arizona. If they beat Arizona, beat UNC, and then do this to Idaho State, are we calling yeah. them friskers? I think so. I mean, there, there wouldn't be a bad – there wouldn't be a blemish on their on their record, really, right? And so I think they would be yeah, in be that – they'd be 2-0 in the big sky right up there, yeah. Yeah, mid – like they'd be in that Sacramento fringe area, um, or at least close yeah. to it. So – Tough loss at Northern Colorado. I mean, just brutal when you're looking at momentum of the of the year oh, yeah. coming off a FBS win and then Northern Colorado beats you uh, in overtime. And then you go and beat Idaho State, who kept it close to Sac State. So maybe, maybe, we'll see. I can't remember who they have. We'll look down below who they have next week. But maybe, maybe getting frisky. They do have a pretty hard schedule to end the game. But anyway, end the season. But anyway, wide receiver Coleman Owen caught two touchdown passes for the Jacks, including an 80-yarder. 
to lead NAU's receivers. 80-yard touchdowns are always just super cool. Like, even if I, I didn't yeah. see it personally, but I read about it, and that's a mm-hmm. really exciting play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you let your imagination take uh, off thinking about how cool it could yeah. have been. Yes. And, you know, they say daydreaming helps with creativity. And after I read that, I just daydreamed about those cool-ass uniforms going down the field, yep. 80 yards, touchdowns. But speaking of, they had a two-tone, two-tone kind of uniform, and I tweeted about this. Helmets were the navy matte, which we love. Mm-hmm. But the uniforms were like a just a light, lighter shade of navy than the helmets. They didn't match perfectly. I like perfection when it comes to matching and uniforms sure. like that. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. And that's a rare... Uh, a rare miss for Northern Arizona in the uniform department. Um, and and uh, something made me think of this when I was writing my notes, because I still miss Case Cookies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I miss him too. It'd be fun. It'd be fun if he was still in the league. There should, each team should be able to keep one player for as long as they want. Um, and I think Northern Arizona would take Case Cookies, though, I mean, hats off to RJ Martinez, who I think is a freshman. Um, he went off this game. And granted, Idaho State is not very good. Um, but seeing a quarterback play like he did, you know, 369 yards through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that, what more could he ask for? NAU, I don't think I'll put them in the frisky category at any point this year, but uh, maybe some. There could some, be a time. Yeah, maybe some signs of there hope is. for 2022. I think, yeah, and I think you, I think there may be a chance that they prove their friskiness. They have Southern Utah next week, and they have an off week this week. So on the 16th, they have Southern Utah, and then they go to Sacramento State. Sac State vulnerable if Idaho State could stay with them like that. If NAU can run off those two wins in a row, they then get Idaho. I mean, who knows at that point? Yeah. They could, if they could run off those three games in a row, then they have a loser leaves town prove it game against Davis at home and then against the Grizz. NAU, if they can get through their next three games and go to Davis, we're going to be calling them frisky, and it's going to be – the game of the week. Uh, it's a lot of ifs, but yes, in this insane scenario where they <laughs> roll off three wins in, they'll probably be favored in just one of those games. I'd imagine they'll be underdogs on the road at SAC, on the road at Idaho. But yeah, if they win those three games, we can consider them frisky. frisky. Yeah. And then they That's a good qualifier. Right, frisky, right. yeah. frisky if they win three games in a row. Yeah. Um... Okay, what game should we go to next? Is that enough talk on on these two two yeah. games? I'm pulling up my notes here, Nate. Um, why don't we go Portland State at Southern Utah? Holy shit! Speaking about terrible the one, themes. This, remember we and remember we did this draft last week on the podcast of what games we got to follow and, and write, kind of do the write ups and, and talk about and lead the discussion. There was no <laughs> way I was picking this shit fest. Last pick, last pick of the draft um, last week. Um, and this weekend, to the delight of tens of people in Oregon and Utah, Portland State traveled down to Cedar City, Utah for a battle of the bottom dwellers. Hot Take Nate and I, you may remember, predicted a big game from supposed top five quarterback Davis Alexander, both expressing confidence that he would eclipse 450 total yards in the game. Uh, we ended up being wrong on that. While somewhat unwatchable for most of the game, it was at least close throughout. We can tell that we can compliment them there. Uh, Thanks to Portland State's Malik Walker, uh, who scampered in for a short touchdown, and Southern Utah's Ethan Bolingbrook uh, had a touchdown from Week Zero's 
Offensive Player of the Week, Justin Miller. Uh, the game went into halftime uh, tied 10-10. After trading a couple more field goals in the third quarter, the Vikings and the Thunderbutts went into the fourth quarter tied at 13. Davis Alexander, Alexander scampered in for a touchdown midway through the fourth quarter, bringing its total yards up uh, for the day to 150, just shy of the 450-yard mark that we had set. Um, and the most exciting part of the game occurred shortly thereafter. Southern Utah, led by Justin Miller, marched down the field, 11 plays, 67 yards, setting themselves up near the end zone, needing a touchdown to tie, put it into overtime. Uh, third and goal from the four, incompletion. Fourth and goal from the four, incompletion. Thanks in part, in large part, uh, by a nice play from Portland State cornerback Xavier Bell. Portland State got the ball back, was able to run out the clock. It was all she wrote. Vikings 20, Southern Utah 13. This is the last time we'll ever have to discuss this matchup with Southern Utah leaving the conference at the end of the year. Nate, did Thank you God. watch this game? And what were your thoughts? Hell no is one. <laughs> My thoughts are based solely on looking at a box score because there's no way I'm watching a Southern Utah game this year. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I think uh, the part that scares me a little bit is that, you know, Davis Alexander had quite a bit better game passing against Montana State's defense uh, in Portland. And again, I think I think there was a lot of merit to that game was just a brutal energy game for the Cats to come to. But something I liked about this game was that Portland State was able to, you know, they had two guys over 70 yards rushing, uh, 156 for the game. Montana State held that rushing offense or that rushing attack to 56 yards. Uh, when they played, which does show obviously the strength of Montana's yeah. defense is that run defense. They did let Davis Alexander have a, you know quite a bit more successful day in the air against them than Southern Utah did. Um, but then again, if you have two guys that are you know one guy's averaging 11 yards a carry, the other guy's averaging four and a half, you're probably going to let those guys eat, and you're not going to let Davis um, you know throw the ball as much. So uh, that's what I took out of this game. Uh, I look at the Thunderbirds logo and just like you, you talk about sometimes like that field or medieval times giving people joy. The Southern Utah yeah. logo does the exact opposite for me. It, 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 I don't know why. I honestly don't know what they did to me. I don't know in the last couple of years what happened between me and the Thunderbirds. But when I see that logo, when I see the initials SUU on like a schedule or anything, I just it, it gives me the exact opposite of joy. Dismay, I guess. Yeah, there's no there's no heart in their logo. This looks like a middle school logo. They yeah, probably bought it from logo. some yeah, some design studio. They they probably sorted by lowest price first and just went with something on the top row. Like it's it's I think it's actually off a con, I think it's off a I think it's off a Canva or Canva or however you say that. The free the free oh. um, <laughs> like flyers and posters and like clip art kind of stuff that you can do yeah. online. They opened up that program well, where you can graphic get graphic designers everywhere. Yeah, where you can get free business cards, free fifty free yeah. business cards. They just went into there, copy and pasted one of the logos they saw, and started a university. This is actually reminding me of the one note that I did have that I didn't write down, but it was mental. And sometimes okay. I need those joggers for me to get back yeah. to those mental notes. Uh, before the game, I did tweet out that Southern Utah's helmets were complete garbage, worse than the Big Sky, because they tweeted out you know their game time uniforms like you know the accounts will do. And it looked like a phoenix, like a phoenix rising. Nothing like a thunderbird. You know, kind of like the wings outstretched phoenix yeah. rising from the ground. Uh, but they're the thunderbirds. They're not the phoenix. And I don't see the correlation. And they were just just awful helmets. So um, yeah. an F like a for phoenix, thunderbirds. Like a phoenix crashing into the ashes. They yeah. are... They're falling back. It's, it's actually the downfall <laughs> of the phoenix. And they have it on their helmet. 
but uh, yeah, horrible, horrible uniforms, horrible helmet. I'm glad they lost. Um, good riddance yeah. after this after this yep. season. That is a that's enough enough of that game. <laughs> so the next one we have on the slate, Idaho at number eight at the time, UC Davis. In a game that you would have never known was going on because it was being played at the exact same time as the UM Eastern game, the Idaho <laughs> Vandals kept it close with the UC Davis Aggies in Northern California. Barry Tycoon and I switched over like we talked about. We switched yep. over to this game at halftime of the Grizz Eagles game, but immediately lost much of our interest, most of our interest, the majority of our interest, after we noticed our boy Hunter Rodriguez was on the bench, not for lack of production because of an undisclosed injury that we still can't get to the bottom of. It's Case Cook is 2.0. But regardless, Hunter Rodriguez was not in. Roy and I, or Bertek and I, just a little bit dismayed. Another dismayed twice in the same podcast. How about that? The Vandals right. opened up the scoring. Thank you. Yeah. The Vandals opened up the scoring in the first with a 60-yard run by Zach Borish and took a 6-3 lead into the second quarter. And you can obviously see why we didn't watch this game as well. It was 6-3 after one quarter. Uh... They took that lead. Davis only mustered a field goal, 6-3, blah, blah, blah. Davis took the lead on a Garen O'Keefe touchdown from QB Miles Hastings. Just three minutes later, the Vandals came roaring back thanks to an Andre Carter two-yard run. But then Davis tied it back up going into half with a 31-yard field goal. So it was a little back and forth, a little friskiness between them two. Uh, Idaho pulled back ahead 2013 midway through the third on another boorish touchdown. But UC Davis woke up, said, hey, we're a top-five team in the Big Sky Conference. Idaho is not. And they scored 14 unanswered in the fourth to win 27 to 20. The highlight, a trick play by your boy, wide receiver, McAllen Castles. Love it. The subdivision himself with a pass to Carson Crawford. He's a wide receiver, let us remind you, with a pass to Carson Crawford for the winning score. 27 to 20 was the final. UC Davis is, well, not as an escape because they had to stay there because it's their home field. They get out of that game. They, they survive. They protect their turf. Uh, with the invading Vandals coming down. They get them by seven. Uh, a couple notes here. Idaho's Mike Boudry managed the game as best he could at quarterback uh, for the Vandals, throwing for 255 yards, one interception, but no touchdowns. Game manager definition right there. Uh, Idaho running back elite. Uh, I don't know his first name. Is it Elijah? Elijah Cummings. Yeah, I think, it kind of yeah, looks like Alicia. I think so. I think Elijah, Elijah. We'll say Elijah Cummings had a great game. Yeah, probably. Elijah Cummings had a great game with 125 yards on the ground to complement Borish's two touchdowns. So they did have some success on the ground against UC Davis. Uh, and then the coolest stat about UC Davis, if you're not going to have Hunter Rodriguez in there, three players threw touchdown passes for the Aggies. Miles Hastings, Trent Tompkins, and then... Uh, I'm sorry. Yep, no, three, three touchdown passes. Miles Hastings, Trent Tompkins, and McAllen Castles were the three. Um... So, you know, when Hunter's not there, yeah. the interest goes away a little bit. We get a little distracted, but at least they ran a, a, a trick play with McAllen Castles. Uh, I don't know. The, I Our wish boy. we could have asked ahead of time when the last time the Big Sky Conference had a team throw with three players throw touchdown passes. I wish we could have done that research beforehand. Yeah, Brian Marceau, if you're listening, please research and report back to us. I feel like you're the only person capable of, of finding out that stat. Um also want to give a, you know, this is a very Idaho moment. So you talked about um, quarterback play. The entire offseason, Coach Paul Petrino had a had a quarterback competition um, between between CJ Jordan and Bowdry. Bowdry Bowdry from Idaho. Non-conference play start, still no starter. He said, we are going to let the non-conference games play out. 
one Division II game, two FBS games, then a bye week. And after that, I'm going to name my starter. He names C.J. Jordan the starter. Jordan starts the game and is injured before he can even throw a pass. Um, like he got two, two, three snaps in. It sucks for him. I mean, it's just, it's really tough to see him go down. He's apparently going to be out a few weeks. Hopefully he comes back. The few times I've seen him play, he is electric. I'd be pumped if I were an Idaho fan um, about having on my team. And you wonder like what would happen if he played that whole game, they kept it close. Like, could they have knocked off Davis? But at the end of the day, injuries happen. You have to prepare for them. Um, But uh, just is very, very, an Idaho moment where after all of this buildup that only a few people cared about, it all fell apart within the first few minutes of the game. It's sad. It's sad for our Vandal friends. Um, but you know, UC Davis gets that, gets that conference win. They're a top 10 team and they, they escaped they escaped with that W against Idaho. So close. So sad for our tubs of the club uh, peers, but uh, Davis, the better team on Saturday in another very late game in the Big Sky. Yes, and you know while the game wasn't as exciting as Montana uh, Eastern, the, ES- the ESPN app super easy to flip between the games. It was awesome to go back and forth. Quality not nice. as good, but it's just nice to have that option. I love when there's like three or four Big Sky games on and just kind of go flip between all of them. It's all I want. Yeah, that was nice. Um, that was nice. Another game, last game, I think, from this week's slate we want to talk about, uh, Weber State traveling to Cal Poly. And let me take this opportunity on behalf of myself, on behalf of Hot Take Nate, on behalf of producer Jerry, to wish our friends at Cal Poly a belated happy homecoming. This weekend, Mustang alumni from near and far gathered in San Luis Obispo to watch their team get absolutely rocked by number 19, Weber State. Weber State quarterback, Kylan Weisler, I might have mispronounced both those names. He had himself a game, two touchdowns in the air, two on the ground, and hats off to the Wildcat defense, who were absolutely relentless. All game combined for 11 tackles for a loss, including seven sacks. Not great Bo Baldwin. Senior linebacker BJ Tuafalele scored on a fumble recovery on a play that pretty much summed up the day. Uh, not much else to say here, but um, another congrats we have to put out there to Coach Jay Hill. He became the winningest coach in Weber State's storied history. So, Coach Hill, thanks for the interview nice. a couple years ago. I hope we get to have you on again so we can we can congratulate you in person. Uh, Weber State finally got that W. We were worried about them um, going you know one and ten on the season. They get another one. They stay ranked in the top 25. Cal Poly cements itself in the basement of the big sky. Nate, any any takeaways from you here? Cal Poly is just miserable, and, and, and I almost am starting to feel bad for them. Uh, yeah. 84 yards through the air, 31 on the ground. They barely broke 100 total yards for the game. That is a disaster right there uh, for Bo Baldwin, a guy who came from some pretty, pretty uh, high-octane offenses back up there in eastern Washington when he was the head coach. Um, one thing I want to sew into the rumor mill, maybe, um, okay, is that people it. may be talking that Kyle Kyle Weiser is a little bit too selfish to be the Weber State quarterback. He had two touchdowns through the air uh, mm-hmm. with, to go along with 143 yards. But when you look down at the rushing stats, he was the only person to score a touchdown on the ground, too. Is he not giving yeah. the ball up enough? You have a star running back in Josh Davis 
who you know was averaging 5.2 yards a carry in this game, but he wasn't giving it up to him? Was he changing the plays in the huddle? Was he going yeah. against Jay Hill to get more touchdowns for himself so that maybe he could transfer to Rice or to some school in Texas uh, as a grad transfer later on in his career? What is going on with Kylan Weiser down there? Uh, at Weber, he wasn't, you know, he's just not letting his other players get in that stat sheet with touchdowns, and you just kind of have yep. to wonder what's going on. Uh, yeah, going it's a great, this Wildcats great question. Great question to ask. He's a hungry, hungry hippo just eating up all these touchdowns in Weber State. All and the marbles are his. It's nice, nice to get the W, but people want their taste of the end zone. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Drama? Let's, let's, is there drama? Yeah. Is there drama? Is there pending drama? Yeah, we'll, we'll put an impending drama. We'll flag in the notes, check in on this next week, see see how touchdowns were distributed we're gonna, for their next we game. May Actually, check they're in, off And we may week. check in with our – they are, so ooh. Oof. Ooh, does it simmer? Do you, do you get the conversation out of the way this weekend? If you're Josh Davis, if you're Dante McMillan, if you're Creighton Cooper, uh, you know, we got you down to where you can run the ball in, Kyle Weiser. We did all of that work, and then you take our touchdowns from them, you poach them from us. Do you talk about it this weekend in a team-only meeting? Mm-hmm. Or do you just hopefully it let hope it goes away by the fifteenth or whenever they play next, the fourteenth or whatever the date would be? Uh, something do this. It's going to be something we have to watch, and maybe something we have to go to our Weber State Weekly crew, who's also a part yeah. of the Big Sky Podcast Network, uh, and just see what they're hearing. They're plugged in down there. Uh, yeah, in, we're in Weber State so I Athletics, think, and I think it's safe to report. Please source the Montana Mint Sports. I think it's safe to report. That there is there is a potential rumor of uh, angst in the locker room, and because of that, we can report that there's a a potential hypothetical closed door team meeting to address these concerns. Yeah, and I think uh, you know hypothetically, if I was if I was if I was in Josh Davis's shoes personally, yeah, I probably wouldn't be very happy with how things are going with letting me produce at the level yeah. I know I'm capable of. Yeah. I might try to take some snaps at quarterback if I'm him. Just intercept. If, and, if I'm the shotgun, just intercept it. Yeah. You, that's, that may be the only way to get the ball if you're Josh Davis. Uh, and I just totally remembered that they are off this week. That next game they have is against Montana State. ESPNU yeah. under the lights. Are these guys – I mean, this is the time when they're going to be on national TV in a sense. ESPNU, we're going to call it national TV – uh, are people from the NFL watching? Is Josh Davis? He's a he's a hard runner. Yeah, you know, is he looking to get get some face time, get some touchdowns? Is he like you said? Is he going to have to go and intercept the shotgun snap? From Kyle, Kylan, Kyle, I was calling him Kyle Weisler all the time. Kylan Weisler, and uh, get in the end zone himself. Like it's just there's too much going on in this Weber State team in that coming into that yeah. ESPNU game against Montana State for me to be comfortable right now in them. Well, and I think Weiser is, he's definitely not the starter. He might be the third stringer. So, you know, you have to wonder if they're going to rush their starting quarterback back just to address these these concerns. It makes sense. It Jay, and then, Jay Hill then you are, painted, painted himself yeah. in a corner. He might need to. And, and then all of a sudden you're bringing someone back from injury too quickly. And then it's just, it's a shit show there. I don't know. I don't know. The box score tells a lot of the story sometimes. And that's what we're looking at here. And it doesn't take a genius detective to figure out what's going on down there. Yeah. Um, well, something to keep an eye on. 
We'll report back um, <laughs> with what we hear next week's episode, and we'll be keeping a close eye on their next game, that, that cat game in two weeks. Um, I'm also going should, to follow every single one of them on different socials uh, just to see if there's any subtweeting, if there's any passive oh, aggressiveness, great, great just call. things like that that you have to watch in a locker room. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good call. You need to do that. Um, should we should we get to this week's slate? I feel like we've we've kind of run the course here. I had a nice Grizz recap. We had Max Damaris on to talk about week five. I think it's time to move to week six. What do you think? Yeah, and it's we're going to start with Montana State. It's it's Montana State's homecoming. And they did it the right way. Unlike Cal Poly, who decided, like, in this game, we're going to be celebrating and having fun and getting a win. They were like, let's schedule Weber State for our homecoming. And maybe the conference made them do that. But I'm pretty sure you can pick which weekend you want to do which festivities on. Yes. Montana State did it right, and they're welcoming Cal Poly down or up to Bozeman for their homecoming matchup this weekend at Bobcat Stadium. Woofta. I, you know, this is a game I'd be nervous if it was down in San Luis Obispo, the whole energy vampire thing going on on these smaller fields, these smaller programs. But it's going to be another sellout crowd in Bozeman. Cal Poly is coming off a game where they barely scored 100 yards against a defense that's nowhere near Montana State's caliber. Montana State's yep. defense right now is only giving up 12 points a game. Montana State's defense right now is best in the conference yards-wise. Thank you, Eastern Washington, for doing that to the Grizz. Montana State giving up 271 yards a game, only seven touchdowns so far this year given up. You thought you you know, were going up against a buzzsaw in that Weber State defense? Well, you're going to be going up against an even bigger buzzsaw. Yeah. This weekend with Montana State welcoming you to the Gallatin Valley. I don't think it's going to go well. We, Cal Poly's offense, dead last. And that's not a shocker after we just told you they barely broke 100 total yards against Weaver. Dead last in the Big Sky Conference. 271 yeah. yards a game. They have scored eight touchdowns as an offense on the season. And to just compare that just for fun to the top offense in the, in the conference, which is obviously Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington has scored 31 touchdowns. Yeah, it's unreal. Eight for Cal Poly. Eastern Washington. I, mean, I honestly don't know. Yeah. We, we <laughs> they are on another level, but Cal Poly is also yeah. on another level on the total opposite side. They are like... Total opposite. You know, they're the yes. weird... Yeah, it's just unbelievable how anemic... I think that's how you describe this Cal Poly offense as being. Yeah, it's a great adjective. Thank you. I mean, what are you thinking? When you, I mean, we, I was trying to do the reverse jinx. If you go back and look at some of my tweets when the Grizz were hosting Cal Poly, I was trying to do some reverse jinxes and being like, you know, at what point does Hauk already know he's taking his starters out? The second quarter, the beginning of the third quarter? Because they're going to be up 40 <laughs> points at halftime. I tried that reverse jinx there. Montana obviously yeah. blew them out of the water. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's only yeah. one thing that can come as a success out of this weekend is blowing out Cal Poly. Right around what Montana yeah, did even more. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, it is it is homecoming, right? So I think there's more incentive to both run up the score, but also make sure that you're getting lots of different guys in the game. Like, make it, it's going to be like a festive atmosphere. I think the, the Grizz won, I think they won by 32. I think it was 39-7. It was 39-7. Um, to seven. Yep, 39-7. Yeah. yeah, I suspect that's going to be... Kind of the game here. That last, you know, that seven Cal Poly scored to Montana was a last second, you know, or not last second, but towards the end of the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. No one was really caring. Like, 
touchdown, yeah. Yeah, the Grizz scored in multiple different ways. I think the Cats are going to have just as much success on these guys. And I think it'll be, you know, we are starting to see at this point in the season, like you get more and more injuries and more and more, you got to be more and more careful. I, you know, maybe the Bobcats try to play it a little safe if they get up on, you know, big on, on Cal Poly. That'd be the only reason I think that they don't cover or don't have a similar spread as, as these guys. And, you know, if I'm Montana state, I want to do everything possible to make sure that um, I'm healthy for that Weber game on Friday. Cause Weber will have a bye yeah. week and you'll be going in on this short week. Like it's, it, uh, that it's something to consider any, any injuries, you're going to have one less day to deal with it. So I'd get a big, you know, Hopefully they get up big and then just kind of coast to the end of it. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, uh, you know, you look back at that Grizz game and the Grizz were only up eight, I'm going to say only because we probably thought they were going to be up a little bit more against Cal Poly at half, 18 to nothing. Malik right. Flowers started off that second half with a touchdown. I mean, it was it was never like in doubt, but the Grizz fans probably weren't excited about only being up 18 and a half. I would be in the same boat if the Cats aren't up 20 plus um, at halftime. I would be a little bit disappointed just in like kind of the – the optics of it, I want them to absolutely just pound them like they've been doing to teams. Uh, you know, they kind of, yeah. like I said in the kind of the, the summary of the Northern Colorado game was, it felt like they took their foot off the gas when they were up 20 after the first quarter against Northern Colorado. I don't want them to do that. I think you're right there. If you get a big enough lead going into half, you can sit a lot of your guys and have it almost be like, you know, a half by week in a way. Um, yeah. Because it is one day less to get prepared for Weber. It's a Friday night game. Weber has that that bye week, a legit bye week, a real bye week. So I think there's some, you know, some credence to that is, you know, getting up big and they may not cover it. We'll see what the spread is. You know, Parley's not on here to give his spread pick. But we'll see what the spread is. It may be one to bet the opposite side. You let Montana State get up high enough. They get some of their guys some rest in that second half. Cal, give Cal Poly a couple cheap touchdowns. Uh, yeah just because they don't have the guys in. But I think you're right. I think it's a game where you try and get up as much as you can early, sit your guys, none of those key guys getting any injuries, any of those freak weird things that, you know, takes them out for a week or two and uh, just try and move on to Weber as quick as you can uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, you mentioned the Grizz game, the halftime score. There's a big difference being up 18 points as opposed to being up 18 to zero. Like, the Grizz fans were, were nervous True. a little bit, but the fact that you shut them out, they had a couple missed field goals in the first half. I mean, they, they stink. This will be the last time we have to watch them. Um, um, and so it'll be good to get them behind us. We can just talk about them going forward. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it, it, it just, there's, if you, if you do not win, yeah, I, look, winning by 20 points, not an easy thing to do when you're both, college football teams. If it's, if it's less than 20 points, that's a disappointment. Um, but if it's, if it's more, I think that's where you need to be. Yeah. And I think, uh, if you want to look at individual performances, as kind of the entertainment in this game. Uh, Lance McCutcheon right now is the number two receiver in the big sky, only behind Lemu Jones from Eastern Washington, 521 yards and, a, and four touchdowns on the year. He has one rushing as well. Uh, and then you obviously have to look at Montana State's rushing attack. What can they do with Isaiah Fonse and Elijah Elliott? What kind of yards can they put up? Montana State has the number one and the number 14 rusher right now. Uh, rusher is yep. right now in the big sky between those two. So it's going to be kind of fun to see what they can do against what looks like a pretty porous defense. Uh, from Cal Poly. And then the depressing part about Cal Poly is when I looked up their individual leaders on the team as compared to the Big Sky Conference, they don't have anybody in the top 25 in rushing. They don't have, their quarterback is obviously not in the top 15 in passing. 
and you have to go as far down to number 18 receiver before you see any of their players on any kind of leaderboard in the Big Sky Conference. Bo Baldwin got him into some kind of rebuilding process. You can see why they quit the season last year, uh, the fake season. You can see why they were just like, screw this. Like, this is not cool. They're kind of getting that treatment here. You just can't quit a regular season. But, man, Cal Poly was in the bottom of my power rankings. They are, I think, leaps and bounds, in a weird way to say it, kind of the worst team in the conference. I'm glad the Cats have them here uh, kind of as a tune-up. I'm glad we didn't have to play someone like Eastern or Weber. Or we play, I mean, we uh, Eastern or Davis uh, yeah. this week in preparing for that Weber game. I'm glad we do get this Cal Poly team. It couldn't have come at a better time uh, on the schedule. So, you know, like you said, it's going to be what – like I said, Andy said, it's going to be the individuals that we're going to watch and, you know, root for some stats there and then also just get out of this game without any injuries, kind of the reverse FBS game. Uh, get out because you're beating him so bad and don't waste anybody on such a kind of a downer game like Cal Poly. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, happy homecoming to the Cats. This should be an ass kicking. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. But um, yeah, let's just, oh, let's just one, stay healthy. One small note. Yeah, please. One small note here. Did you think, you know, we've had this, I think we've, we keep forgetting how long we've been doing this podcast. It's four or five years or three or four years, whatever it may be. Through that run, Montana State, and it's been talked about ad nauseum about our quarterback situation, but would you ever believe that you and I would still be doing this podcast and Montana State would have the number three quarterback in the Big Sky Conference? In passing. It sure seemed, it sure seemed like it was impossible. It really seemed like it was yeah. impossible. Um, I think that, you know, I think McKay's awesome. I think he is, uh, like, he's a great quarterback especially compared to what you've had. I think he is a top five quarterback in the big sky. And I think that's where he'll land. Um, yeah. The end of the season, he's, he's good enough to, yeah. to control this offense. And um, more than anything, he you know, so far, one. he's not. Yeah. He hasn't had, a, he hasn't had a game where he's made mistakes that cost the cats. Yeah. 11 to one touchdown to interception ratio. You love to see that. That's just, you know, yeah. That's a that's a great stat there. You know, we had some of those guys. I think we had two quarterbacks throw three interceptions uh, last weekend in a single game. So that's pretty cool to see. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Those are enough stats for everybody to listen to. I'm sure. Yeah. Here. So uh, we can. So we can just get to the next game on the schedule. Yeah. Well, just as a benchmark um, for this game this weekend, the Grizz beat Cal Poly by 32 points. Weber State beat them by 31 points. Um, it'll be interesting to see where the cats fall on that spectrum. Then they go. Um, they they play uh, UC Davis after that. So. We'll have a wow. a comparison wow. um, for every the top of the big sky, everybody, they, but um, Eastern, they Eastern legit to see where everyone play. ranks up. Yeah, they it'd be so funny if they quit the, the regular season. I mean, you have uh, to go Montana at Montana, home against Weaver at Montana State, home against UC Davis. Like that sucks, <laughs> man. That is brutal. I wouldn't even want that for the Cats, let alone a team that just yeah. ran or just gained hundred yards total and has the worst offense by a long shot in the Big Sky Conference. Yep. Yep. Wow. So that's brutal. Um. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, let's go to the next game if you don't mind. Um, I let think us. that. The, the Grizz are going to be seeing a little uh, double from last weekend. Dixie State University coming in. Same, oh. same color scheme as, uh, as Eastern Washington. Black and red, the trailblazers of Dixie State. Uh, they are changing their name. They've played several Big Sky uh, teams 
this uh, this season. Um, and they so their schedule so far: Sac State, Weber, UC Davis, South Dakota State. Um, and then they got Oof. Montana this weekend. I, I, this is their, I believe, this is their first year in the in the FCS. Um, if you want like a detailed breakdown of this game and what to expect, listen to the Grizz Fan Pod. Those guys are are the experts. All thing Grizz football. They they'll do deep if dive after deep dive. Working. Yeah, if they, they actually get it out this week, the number one <laughs> deep podcast dive after deep the, dive in the state. The number one podcast in the state uh, can't can't get it released out of time. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. And there's rumors over there too yeah. that when Brent's not there, the operation falls apart. Yeah, we're not I think saying maybe that. some. Some beverages got spilled on the equipment, maybe. Who knows? Did you see that picture? Um, Did you see that picture from them recording the other night? No. I mean, I mean, six to seven beers on the table, two bottles of tequila that looked very, mm. very uh, empty. Uh, you know, I'm not one to judge uh, for midweek drinking. You know, we all like to get a few pops in here and there, but there may be a correlation between the empty yeah. bottles and the delay of the grid fan, grid fan pod. Um, and then throw in, you know, the glue that keeps that pod together. Brent not being there. Um, yeah. You know, Montana realtor of the year, now. Montana realtor yeah, of the year, Brent good. Wahlberg. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, anything it's like, look, you have a couple drinks during the week more. I just care about the fans and if, yeah, do what you want. But yeah. if you start hurting, yeah. if you start hurting Grizz nation by delaying the release of your show, um, that's on you. And this is coming from us who are delaying recording two days yeah. later than we normally do. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be the Urban Meyer to your fan base. Don't have a cup <laughs> too many pops over the weekend or in the week and then ruin yeah. things for your fan base and for your team. You know, don't be the Urban Meyer of the FCS podcast game. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, big thing this weekend. Excited to see, um, you know, Brown at quarterback. I'm assuming he's playing quarterback. I don't – I haven't seen anything on Cam Humphrey's uh, status or when he'll be back. But just based on what we saw from that game, you have to think best-case scenario is is several weeks before he can come back. Um, so it's nice mm-hmm. to get uh, nice to get Dixie State. Oh, yeah. Um, see, see how Brown – Perfect timing Brown for performs. that, too. Perfect timing for yes. Chris. Yeah, yeah. See how Brown performs here, and um, um, that's kind of. I'm I'm just excited to see. I don't know if I have really like a score expectation. I'm hoping they, you know, kind of do what we've we've been t- what we recommended for the cast. Just like you know, get a big lead, protect everybody. Like don't go don't go bananas this week um, because the the only we have two tough games remaining on our schedule. Um, uh, Sac State. Uh, the not this week, but the week after, and then of course Kakra is at the end of the year. Um, we just got to make sure that we're humming for Sac State, and then we have some <laughs> less than stellar opponents uh, after that, and then um, yeah, we'll just be ready for Kakra. But um, Chris Brown's kind of yeah. the big, the big, big answer here. Um, and I mean, God, and if you're Dixie just a State, segue into there though. Just to segue in oh, yeah. there, because I had to look up a little bit about Chris Brown. We heard so much about Cam Humphrey. For all the non-Grizz fans that are listening to this podcast who don't kind of deep dive or get to eagers or whatever that may be, Chris Brown is a redshirt freshman out of Bozeman, Bozeman High School. Yep. Uh, so obviously committed to the Grizz out of Bozeman, which you never like to see, especially when there was so many quarterback issues at Montana State. Uh, but he was a you know double-A first-team All-State quarterback for the for Bozeman. Uh, Eastern double-A first-team you know all-quarterback. Just a... a Thirty-one touchdowns through the air as a senior in high school. Yep. Just a really, really good uh, high school uh, resume there. Over to the Grizz. I know Mike Nugent was super high on Chris Brown uh, from the Grizz fan, Grizz fan podcast. Was super high on Chris Brown. You know, in the spring yeah. season, in the off season, and coming into this game. So, 
Uh, I looked a little bit up. Chris Brown, I mean, he looks apart 6'4", 220. He looks like that prototypical prototypical quarterback. And, you know, it's scary as a Cat fan to get this guy some early reps like this. One, they get him out of your own backyard. And two, uh, you know, as a redshirt freshman, he's going to be getting a lot of snaps this weekend, getting some confidence, getting those skills going. And this might be the guy that they have for a while under center for the Grizz. Yeah, no, I mean that's that is yeah that's kind of the storyline. It's let's see what we got here. It uh it could very well determine the season, and it could have a big impact on yeah future of Grizz football for the next few years. Like if he's if he's good, if he's awesome, if he lives up to the hype, that's gonna ease a lot of concerns. Um, Dixie State. So just looking at the rest of Dixie State's schedule, they have not won a game this year. Um, after the Grizz, they go play Tarleton State, Stephen F. Austin, Delaware, Sam Houston State, uh, Missouri State. At some point in there, they also have a game against Division II Fort Lewis. Um, so it will be very fun. I think Fort Lewis plays in like the same conference as, um, I guess they're D2. So maybe they, I don't know, yeah. the Rocky Mountain so Conference. Fort, yeah, Fort, they, actually played, they actually played Fort Lewis in their spring season and won 60 to nothing. Uh, so you can okay. see that talent level of Fort Lewis. <laughs> yeah. So they just want they want to get a they want to get a victory. They want to get a um, win. That's on the, the only chance they have at a win this year. This is literally yeah. the only chance that Dixie State has for a win this year. Oof. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that, that you know, I think such a weird the Grizz fan to, pod. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the they're the bad they're the they're just like San Diego. They're just like Drake. They are just getting scheduled by these big sky teams uh, to get an FCS win. Uh, yep. This just happened to be right in the middle of conference, which is kind of a little bit of a downer when you start getting hyped up for conference, you know, as a fan. And then yeah. I mean, you get a W, so that's nice. But still, you know, this is a yeah, but very bad It is the downside of, you know, with, with 13 teams, you know, someone either has to have a bye week or is playing someone out of conference, like just to keep the schedules going. Like it's it, it, scheduling is just a, a problem with the big sky. Um, I'm glad though, that it's happening now and not like in late October, yeah. November, like some other, some other games this year. And we've gone this long without talking about the Sagarins. It, it t- we're like an hour into this podcast. Yeah. Dixie state yep. just for comparison, just for comparison, Dixie is two twenty six out of two fifty eight. Some teams that are after them are worse than them right now. San Diego at 241. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, San Diego at 241 is pretty bad. And then Drake 244. So Drake and San Diego both worse Sagarin-wise than Dixie. Dixie has also played an insane yeah. schedule. So their, their strength of schedule probably elevates them a little bit above those guys. But Dixie's right around like a Central Connecticut, a Lamar, who, you know, Northern Colorado yep. lost to earlier this year. So they're right around that. Um, or actually, Cal they're right Poly. around Cal Poly. Cal Poly is five yeah. in front of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's what to like expect. Said, perfect, um, perfect game. Perfect game for Chris Brown to get his first career regular yeah. season start. Yeah. So let's just let's just get the W, get that FCS win, and then look forward to Sac State the next yeah. weekend. Um, do we want to divide up? So we got one, two, three What's other games. Game What's the next game on the slate? Let's just wing that one. What's the next one? Um, well, should we draft them? Do we want to draft for the write ups next should. next week? Okay, so we you went first last since, week. You know, that's our... Yeah, you went I, first well, last so week. I'll go again this. I'll go first this week again because I, yeah. I won last week. <laughs> Uh, okay. No, you'll, you'll go first. Yep, you get to go first this week. Okay. Good. All right, so I am going to take – we got four games left, non-Montana games left on the schedule this week. 
the game I will be covering next week and doing my notes on will be uh, UC Davis versus Idaho oh, State. Clearly the I number mean, one obvious, pick. That was, that was obviously going to be the number one pick. We're, we're waiting to see if Hunter Rodriguez comes back. They're yep. playing what we think is the number one or number two worst team, probably the number two worst team in the big sky next to Cal Poly in the Bengals. Um, yeah, they're neck and neck. You know, Idaho State's defense, worst in the big sky. They're giving up almost 500 yards a game. <laughs> and you have UC Davis, who's the number four offense, doing 430 a game. Oh. Over, under, over under 550 total yards for UC Davis. What are you taking? Oh, over. No doubt about it. Okay, so I'm going to take the over with you. Over, under, if Hunter Hayes gets the start and gets the majority of the playing time, over, under, three interceptions on the game. Oh, I'm saying two and a half. Over, under, on two and a half interceptions on the game for Hunter Hayes. Under. I'm going over. I'm going, he's going back with three. He's going to have six in the last two weeks. I love it. a nightmare for Idaho State. UC Davis is going to absolutely thrash them. And so I'll, here's kind of how I view the rest of the Big Sky Conference. So that top tier, and we'll, we'll, let's put Sacramento State in that top tier just for the sake of this. If those top tier teams are playing each other, and it's a must-watch game. Like if Sac State is playing Eastern Washington, Weber State's playing UC Davis, you have to watch those games. If those top for tier sure. teams are playing someone from the bottom tier, I might watch those games if there's nothing else going on. Um if bottom yeah. tier teams are playing each other, it is just, I will watch that if truly, truly nothing else is going on and like I'm not reading a book or can't fall asleep to take a nap. So that's yeah. that's I mean, my framework, and, framework for watching the Big Sky and, Conference. And this game, I mean, we do also get weirdly, like kind of just randomly pick players. Like Hunter Rodriguez kind of just got on our radar this year. And yeah. We follow UC Davis because of that. If Idaho State wasn't playing UC Davis, there's literally no way that we follow this game if it's any other kind of bottom-tier team, or really probably anybody else. We only pick this game first because it's Davis, because they're kind of a fun team, a cool atmosphere, and yeah. have Hunter Rodriguez. Absolutely. Um, all right, you got the number two pick. Who are you going to take? I do. I have the number two pick this week, and you know who I'm staying away from. Yep. You could leave me them, though. You could leave me them. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going Eastern Washington, traveling to Greeley. For I believe it's Northern Colorado's homecoming uh, to play Northern Colorado. So Northern Colorado, it is, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Northern Colorado coming off a wild weekend in Bozeman, obviously. We've heard all about it. Max McCaffrey. We still haven't heard what the reprimand is, is the main thing. So is Max McCaffrey going to be on the sideline on Saturday in Greeley at one o'clock Mountain Time? What do you think? What? So I think he'll be on the sideline. I think he'll be wearing looser pants. That's right, Max. It, Max Damaris did predict bell bottoms, so we will see yep. um, where we're going to be going with uh, you know with the Max McCaffrey story, and if that you know is an Urban Meyer, another Urban Meyer reference, an Urban Meyer esque distraction to this Northern Colorado team <laughs> as they attempt to have all the pieces put together to knock off Eastern Washington this time at home. Uh, they don't have to travel, you know, to Bozeman to do an upset. They get Eastern Washington for their second upset bid in a row. Um, you know, those are going to be the storylines, and that's why I pick Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado with my second pick in the write-up draft. 
Okay, so third pick. We got two games left. Um, I'm going to do you a solid here, Nate. I'm going to it? take Sac State hosting Southern Utah um, for a couple for reasons. For a couple reasons. One, Sac State is the only remaining team that is like arguably top half of the league. Um, and two, they're playing the Grizz next weekend. I have not watched a lot of Hornet football this year, so I'd like to get a better sense of them uh, before they play the Grizz, not this weekend, but the weekend after. So I'll watch this. Southern Utah, um, we predicted, I predicted at least, that they would get zero wins on the year. They snuck that one win in, um, and so I'm still mad at them. So I'll be rooting hard for Sac State here, um, and uh, but not really enjoying watching or covering this game. Yeah, and I think I think this is the game. Like, if you like, we keep saying if you put Sac State into that top five tier, where you would call any of these teams getting beat an upset, unless it's to another top five team, this would be the the game that I would watch most closely for that upset. You know, Davis is going to beat Idaho State. The Grizz are going to beat Dixie. Eastern's going to beat Northern Colorado. Montana State's going to beat Cal uh, Cal Poly. So if you look at that last yeah. team in that top five, top six, it's Sac State, and they you know struggled against Idaho State, who we saw just yeah. suck. And yep. so Southern Utah is the team most likely to get an upset of a top five or six Big Sky team this weekend um, in Sacramento. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Um, and you know, I, 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 I think Sacramento and I, I yeah, I go on the record that Sacramento State is frauds, straight frauds. Not even yeah. like, the only reason I have them in my top five or six is because it's like you have to pick somebody. They're frauds. Yes. They might be frauds. I mean, they only beat Dixie State by 12. Um, yeah. I think the reason you keep them around is, you know, they have they have shown to be – they've won – I mean, they've got two wins. They have a pretty favorable schedule for the rest of the year. Um, obviously, the yeah, guys right. play UC Davis. You're right. Yeah, and so it is – we are only keeping them around um, in the potential frisky – uh, area just because they're going to get a they're going to have a lot of wins at the end of the year. They should have a lot of wins. That's true. I forget, um, so, I honestly forget every single time how easy that schedule is. Yes, it's a joke. It's so bad. they need to win this. If they got if they want to make the playoffs, they need to win this week. Otherwise, they can kind of count themselves out. But that leaves you, Nate, with with the last game. I don't have it pulled up, so please remind me who that is. We're going to be watching, or I'm going to be watching, and and kind of uh, really deep diving into Portland State traveling to Moscow, Moscow, uh, on the Palouse to play the Idaho Vandals. Ufta, you know, uh, again, I don't love talking crap about Idaho just because we do love our Tubbs at the Club guys. Yep. And, yep. But goodness, I'm not excited to be watching this game. Let's just put it that way. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. You know, Portland State, it- Portland State struggled last weekend, you know, they got the W, but struggled a little bit last weekend against Southern Utah, which is a team that we have in the very bottom tier of our uh, Big Sky Power rankings. I don't think they're – I don't know. I mean, they hung with Montana State a lot longer than I wanted them to, for sure. Portland State did. So I yeah. think they are the better team just because of recency bias and because they put a little bit of like anxiety into that game against Montana State. Uh, so I think they're a little bit yeah. better team than Idaho. But then at the same time, Idaho just played UC Davis really well. So 
you know, yeah. we as fans usually use that transitive property of games to predict what's going to happen next, and we probably shouldn't. But I think it's going to be, you know, I think Portland State maybe has a little bit of the edge, but this game being at home in Idaho, I think I think the Vandals do get this win. I think they do get that that first um, big yeah. sky win of the year. But it's not what I'm super excited to be to be watching. Yeah, I think I think the Vandals win this game too. I mean, it's it's it is a bummer that this isn't C.J. Jordan versus Davis Alexander. Like at least you would have had a good interesting quarterback matchup there. Um, Idaho is just such a weird team. They were my adopted team in the spring. They have a great fan base. Um, the big sky would be better off if they were good. Um, but yeah, we have one game to base them on this year, right? They're one in three. Their one win was against Simon Fraser, two FBS losses where they just got smoked. And so all we have to really look at is that UC Davis game. They played them tough um, Portland State's, you know, not as good as UC Davis, so we think Idaho can can stick around here. Um, but yeah, I'm I am glad that I'm not covering this game. Yeah, I think the 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 uh, advantage that Idaho has is you know they are and sneakily the number three defense in the Big Sky, 313 mm-hmm. yards a game. They're behind Montana State and Weber State. Um, you know. Uh, Portland State is the number nine D, so they definitely have the advantage there. But then they're almost identical on the offensive side, 394 yards yeah. a game to 383 yards a game. So if you look at just the basic statistics and just like, you know, the 35,000-foot view is Idaho. I mean, I'm, I'm actually talking myself out of thinking that Portland State is you know has the edge on a neutral field. I, I, I didn't really – I honestly didn't realize Idaho had the number three defense in the Big Sky Conference um, through – I don't either. I'm actually surprised by that. Is that is that only counting conference games? It's four games, so I believe it's counting everything except Simon Fraser. Well, they've only played four games. No, they also it's counting have, Simon they Fraser also... too. It is counting Simon Fraser. Yeah. Sorry, because they so also have. They had a so there's a little bit of a. Yeah, there is a little bit of a, a Division Two. Uh, yeah. Ugliness to those stats, I guess, too. Yeah, but then there's two FPS games. That something. I, I believe that that is where they're ranked, but I suspect they're not going to finish there at the end of the year once the <laughs> the schedule kind of uh, fixes itself out. Shakes out. Um, yeah, but yeah they, I can say they do, they, they with confidence. State, they get Portland State this week, yeah. Yeah, I can say with confidence, Nate, that I will be rooting for Idaho this weekend. There you go. I mean, I will be too. I will be too. Um, you were right though. I mean, they're not going to probably be there at the end of the year. I was just kind of taking a little sneak over my shoulder at their, a sneak peek at their schedule. They go Portland state, obviously this weekend, then they go to Eastern. They're at home against Montana. They get two games, NAU, Southern Utah, whatever, but then they get Montana state in Bozeman, like three of the top four or five teams right now come at them in the next five weeks. I don't think that defense will be there uh, as we get farther into the season. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough go. That's a tough go there. And uh, you know, it's another one of those weeks where not a lot of exciting stuff. We're glad that both of our teams are playing because if one of our teams was on a bye this week, it'd be a really boring week kind of in the big sky for us as fans of the Cats and the Cubs. Yeah. So storylines, stats are what we're going to be really watching this weekend once again. There's probably not going to be much that shakes out in our opinion of the big sky. If the top teams take care of business, nothing's really going to change in any of the power rankings. Uh, the only thing that'll get sorted out is probably that six through fourteen, probably actually the six through six through eleven, I should say, uh, in our yeah, in our power ranking yeah. is gonna have anything change. Yeah, and who gives a shit? So we'll exactly. uh, yeah, 
Yeah, but no, you're right. That's that's what we're watching this weekend. Anything else you want to cover before we, we sign off? Well, we just got to take a quick look at the polls, just kind of give a little recap of what happened in the Big Sky with the polls. Eastern Washington and Montana flip-flopped. Uh, Eastern Washington yep. went up to four, Montana back to six after that game, which we thought was exactly what would happen. Just a quick flip. You can't really penalize the Grizz much more than two for that, and you have to put Eastern Washington ahead of them for that. So Eastern Washington, the first two teams, or Eastern and Montana, the first two teams in the polls. Davis jumping one one spot are only behind Montana. One now, Davis is at seven. And the Montana State actually jumps into the top 10 from number 11 with their wins. So that puts the Big Sky Conference with four teams in the top 10, which is pretty cool there. Uh, we have Weber State remaining at number 19 to round out the five teams uh, the Big Sky has in the polls. The game of the week, I believe, this week, when you look at the polls, there is a top 10 matchup in there somewhere, and I honestly can't remember where it's at, but there is going to be someone in the top 10 that's going to lose this week, which could give Davis, Montana, or Montana State a chance to move up uh, even further into those top 10 uh, this week. So, But not much change in the polls besides Eastern and Montana flip-flopping, flip-flopping spots there. Yeah. That's yep. your polls for you. That's your poll report right there. Poll watch. Right um, poll watch is done. We next have the Alex Singleton watch. We're going to rip through these. The Alex yep. Singleton watch. The Philadelphia Eagles took on the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend. Uh, played them pretty tough. Alex Singleton, six solo tackles, three assisted, nine combined tackles on the day. A pretty solid day going up against a pretty high-octane offense uh, like the Chiefs there for Alex Singleton. Are I like it. One... With that yeah. stat line. I'm proud of him. I'm always proud of him. Um, Me too. Yeah, one one Brock Osweiler watch update. Nothing new from from the land of Brock, but um, just looking at the Houston Texans, do you don't you think they'd be better off if Brock Osweiler was their quarterback right now as opposed to? Um, it can't Mays? get worse. Yeah, it can't. Get they'd be worse in a be- They'd be in better shape if Brock Osweiler was still slinging be. it for him. Yep. I agree. That's Ooh, it, man. I have another little. No, I have another oh, one for it. you. Okay. Uh, Tyler Hall. Tyler Hall, one of the all-time leading scorers of Montana State in the Big Sky of Conference, course, yeah. signed a non-guaranteed contract with the Knicks. The actual Knicks, not their summer league team, obviously, and not their yeah. G League team, but the actual Knicks. He uh, he's 24 now. He he had a decent year in the G level, averaging about 10 points and four rebounds a game. He also played for the New York Knicks summer league team in August. Uh, so we'll see if he can get onto their regular season roster. We're, we are in preseason right now, but pretty cool. He did get kind of called up for the preseason to the big league club uh, there in New York. It's really cool. Yeah, preseason's going on. I think regular season tips off in two weeks, so maybe we can see him in some preseason games. Gives us a reason to watch Hopefully, the Knicks. Let's, let's, let's add a watch. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to add that watch to it. And then one other thing I missed that I wrote down in my notes when we were going through the Montana Eastern Washington game yeah. So we were talking about symmetry. We were talking about symmetry, attractiveness, and symmetry. Mm-hmm. I have to say the Grizz box score, sexy symmetry. Seven points in every single quarter. So when you look at that box score, it's just sevens all the way across the top. Looks that amazing. is nice. Yeah. Seven a quarter. You're going to impress. I mean, if you could just score the same amount of points every single quarter, I'm going to think that box score looks super cool. Unless it's zeros because that's boring. But Yeah. And then I look like at like symmetry. Easterns. Dumbass box score seven Ugly. three twenty four twenty four yeah come on yeah that twenty four is uh, ugly yeah that doesn't stand out we should we should not when you're count. looking at yeah when you're looking at 
when you're looking at box score attractiveness, that 24 is just hideous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, man. What a great, what a great episode. Thanks to Max Demers for coming on, sharing his side of the of the McCaffrey drama story. Um, yeah, that was fun. He's the Montanan here. We have his back, Max. We got your back, no matter what. We got um, your back, Max. Even if Christian, yeah. even if Christian comes calling, we got you. If Christian comes calling, maybe. W- yeah, we'll we'll take the call, but then we'll decide what we're gonna do. But for now, Max Demers, what a hero. What a funny story. It's awesome that he joined. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Can't man, wait to hear what hijinks he gets you. himself into this weekend in, against Cal Poly. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, that was fun. Uh, it was a fun episode. Uh, so we'll be watching you know, what Max does at Cal Poly. We'll see if the camera pans to him um, on ESPN+, Plus, knowing where yeah. he sits now. And also just remember that Wildcat drama down in, down in Utah. Keep an eye out for that. See what's simmering under the surface there as they get ready uh, in two weekends for that Montana State game. So everybody, we need we need you to really do a deep dive into their social medias as well. If you see or hear anything, let Bear Tycoon or myself know on Twitter. Um, yeah. You know, if the rumors that we have spoken into existence are true, which we suspect they are, um, I think yeah. those are the, that's kind of the homework for for the weekend uh, for all of our listeners. Yeah. Any tips that you have, send them directly to at uh, Montana Parlay. And he'll sift through them and let Nate and I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. We're going to have a fun weekend uh, watching our Cats and Grizz. Hopefully get some blowout wins and get ready for some for some big games that week following. But fun episode. You have yourself a great night, Bear Tycoon, and all of our listeners out there. And you guys have yourselves a great week.